Welcome everybody out there to Divorce Recovery, Men Over 40, number six podcast. We have Roland Sarver on the mic. And uh, Roland wrote a book, uh, The Value Message, and it talks about celebrating your value, uncovering your gift and potential. So he's going to talk to us about uh, about that and using that within the divorce space, uh, the divorce recovery space, and go from there. So Roland, take it. All right. Thanks, David. It's uh, great to be on your podcast. Uh, yeah, that the book, The Value Message, I, I feel like I was inspired to write it. It published in September of 22, and I, I feel like I've always wanted to help people see their value, and somehow that's how that come about. And just like a person's soul value, different than how culture and society see it, and our own minds tend to undermine it. And that my audience has kind of evolved, and I wanted to touch people that struggled with their seeing their value and worth, which ends up probably being most of us. But yep. it's just been interesting to to reach and touch people's lives who who suffer from maybe just different struggles that you wouldn't think of. But when the conversation comes up, you get talking a little bit deeper to people. And I was, I was thinking of children, really. They, they started me off on this journey. And, you know, a child's born into the world and everybody understands the value of that child. But then when does that change? Is it in the rebellious teenage years or when their parents, their, their selves, or maybe even older, feel like they don't feel as useful of a place in society? But there's mm-hmm. a value people have that never changes. And so I just... I just uh, started thinking about that pretty much that's how the book come about and and it's been some great conversations with people it's been an interesting journey but one of the reasons that i really like to help people see their value and and different than than me just telling you about your value but when people can really see it for their themselves and that's what changes the game and i studied life coaching a little bit too and i i like that because it's it's setting goals, it's the one-on-one connection with people. Somebody's got your back and you're you're working with people again. But I think the reason I I just lean toward helping people see their value is because no matter what the next step is, you're going to be in a better place to take it, you know, and and the next step it can be challenges like going through a divorce or maybe there's financial issues or just relationship family issues or a struggle with a job or transition. So that's why I feel like helping people see their value that whatever that next step is, you're going to be prepared for it. So when you talk about uh, one of the things you talked about in the book and and also in your uh, listing, you talk about self-care. And that's one of the things that we stress in the other podcasts. And a lot of people don't stress that more. And Rachel and I talk about you know, when the plane's going down and the oxygen masks come out, they tell you to put yours on first, then you put your kids on because you can't take care of your kids if you can't take care of yourself. That's, yes, that, that's so true. And that illustration is uh, fantastic about the airplane. And I, I think probably culture-wise, too, we're just geared to to take care of other people first. And like we sort of see a humility side to thinking of other people's needs before ourselves or before ourselves, but, but somehow that's a little bit backwards. And I think I picked up some, 
some tips along that line when I was on the fire department as well. And it's, it's kind of the mask thing, but like even showing up on scene or getting to the fire department in your vehicle that, Hey, if you're not careful, if you don't have your lights on, if you don't take time to think and, and be smart, you're not going to be in a position to help somebody that needs it at the time. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's, that's what self-care is about is just being able to show up, be present in, in your best self and finding yourself in a, in a place and helping yourself get to that place where you can be of service to other people. So, so you talk about uh, helping others find their value and you don't want to show them their value. So how do you not cross that line? How do you keep it almost like third person? Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. That's a great question because I, I like to tell people about their value and just kind of like, like it's almost a language to learn, but uh, which is, which is super beneficial. And here's a quote that I, I, I lean on a lot. I think it explains that is that when other people see your value, you're advantaged, but when you see your value, you're unshakable. And it kind of ties into self-love and care about yourself and other people too. I feel like, because if some of us may have grown up in an environment where we felt our value and that's advantage, we're advantaged because of that. But what happens if you get out in a space and that's not true or, or you're among people that don't appreciate you. Uh, so, so then where that leaves you is that that's why when we see our own value, we, we can't be shaken out of that tree. And that's why I think about self-care, as I mentioned, along that line, too. Like, what if you come up in an environment where people aren't caring for you or even we aren't caring for ourselves, there's no, there's no forward motion that goes with that. And I use an illustration, actually, that it's just really simple. It's like a, like a doctor's pain scale. And it's been a great springboard for conversation. So like a, a pain scale is the least is one and the most is a 10. So just to sit around and, and, and ask people, hey, where, where do you feel like on a, a scale of one to 10, where do you feel it, like you're at with your value and how you, how you see your value or how other people see your, your real soul value? And it could be like I say, hey, if I spill coffee on my wife's computer, I might think, well, that's I'm probably at a four or five <laughs> or somebody that's that's uh, dependent on how expensive the computer is. But somebody that that maybe has maybe we see somebody as arrogant, they might think they're eight or nine on this one to ten scale. Well, maybe they're trying to maybe they feel they're they're four, four or five, but they want you to to see them as a eight or nine. And so it's just, just a great conversation to be aware of how we perceive our value. And so sometimes we talk with people who really struggle, like even uh, in, in mental health, some people, maybe they struggle with the suicidal ideation and, and more serious subjects along that line. They might feel like they're a one or a two, you know? So, so my favorite part of that presentation is telling people that, that hey, I've got some really good news for you because, because uh, you're a 10 and, and I'm a 10 and that other person's a 10 and we're actually all a 10 because our value doesn't change. And that's exactly where it is at. 
but the perception is we don't see ourselves that way. It's easy to see other people. Oh yeah, everybody else in this room has is a ten, but I'm a six. Yeah. So so just walking people through that conversation to help them to see their self as that 10. If you come into the room and you see yourself as an eight or a seven and you go out of the room as a 10, you're going to be a different person because there's so many things that change when we perceive and see our own value. What I hear you're saying, there's like a good versus evil between the way you perceive yourself and perfection. Yes. Yep. How it's yeah, how that's right. That and, and when do you well, sit back and yeah. Let me throw this in there too, because there's there's another part to that I call a, a two box illustration and it helps people I feel like it helps them separate their re, this real true value from how society sees it or how, how our minds see it. In that for example, like our skill sets are, is different than our real actual value. So sometimes we, we get that confused. We think, well, if I'm, if I'm able, if I'm capable, if I do everything perfect, if I do, do everything just right, and I've got skills, then I'm valuable, which there's, there's like a sense of truth to that, but that's different than that soul value we're talking about. And I think that gets okay. confusing for people because those things are not separated so we strive and try and climb and compete just to substantiate our value to ourselves or to other people. But it's it's uh, this is how I separate I separate it. I say there's everybody has a box and I call it the value box. So if we just like symbolize our value, it's like a little shoe box. And I hope this makes sense. And, and uh, so if you can just picture in your mind a little shoebox and everybody has a box exactly like that, there's no difference. And, and that box represents everything about our real, true, the soul value. But the other box is our ego box. And I, I call it the ego box. But it has everything to do with our persona, like our maybe our gender or our skill sets or our preferences or our knowledge or our lack of knowledge. And it's, it's that box, that box pertains to everything about ourself, like I said, or our skill set. So let's separate that because for example, I use this illustration. I'm a runner and I fall and break my leg. Oh no, I can't compete. I, I, I'm not what I once was. I'm ruined. I'm, I'm worthless. Well, hold on. Wait a minute now. Your ego box just broke his leg, and yeah, it's going to be inconvenient, but your value box has not changed it at all. And and Dave, so so this is what I say: like, there's so many things about our that ego box that that are unpredictable and that can change. Like, for example, our ego box. Maybe we're going through that divorce, or we're having financial issues, or we're struggling somehow mentally, or we've been abused. And, and there's some trauma there. That's all in the ego box. Your value box hasn't changed at all. And I love, I just love that theme to illustrate that with people because here I, I'm suffering and I, I feel like maybe I'm not what I once was or, or I'm struggling with that value, the feeling and sense of value mm -hmm. because I'm tying it to the ego box. But the, the clarity of that, hey, there's, there's something about me. There's a part of me that can't be touched or can't be damaged. 
or can't be destroyed. And I think that just brings hope to people in their situation because, hey, it can be different. And I, I can see things different. And if I, you know, I just feel like that about people. Like if we can see our value and and focus on that and, and we're not struggling with that, mm-hmm. we got real clarity about that, then we're going to have energy. We're going to have that. We can take that energy. We, we've been struggling with that problem. We can focus that energy on something else. Like maybe it's just being more self-aware or, or self-care. And, and just to, to be able to, sp- does that make sense? Like to spend no. that energy somewhere where we can get more forward motion, serve people better, understand ourselves more, understand other people better. Maybe like take that energy that you have against your soon-to-be ex-wife and turn that toward taking the kids out or playing with the kids or something like that. So how does, which is one of my biggest questions, how does either getting so which box does getting out of your comfort zone deal with the value box or the ego box? I, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, the ego box. I'd, I'd, I'd or, say or like just thinking box. that through yeah. what's that. Or is it a separate box, you know, getting out of your comfort zone box. I could, I could see like getting out of our comfort zone and personal development being wrapped up in the ego box. It may okay. be like a skill set because it's so that's an interesting question because like for me, I feel like, like growth never comes unless we get out of that comfort zone and getting out of that comfort zone, obviously is uh, there's going to be some, some pain and difficulty that goes with that. But, but with that growth comes, and you know, like you're talking about that energy to, Hey, listen, there's conflict. Let's do something with forward motion, let's do something like with the kids or something that, that, that can, uh, you know, like we can, we can attach progress to, we can spend energy on. And, and the other thing I think about too is uh, communication. That's maybe a part of personal growth because I feel like communication for one thing is, is very poorly modeled in society and culture just, just by default. And, there's two authors that have helped me tremendously. And one was William Glasser. I come across him about 20 years ago or more. Mm-hmm. And just full disclosure, when I was in my late teens, I had, I had a lot of struggles in the mental health arena and a, a lot of difficulties, relationship issues. And so anyway, uh, I come across this, this author about five or six years later, and he helped me with, with two things. He helped me see the importance of relationships, but he introduced me to the thought of the toolbox thing, you know, that we hear about. And, and he said, anyway, he illustrated it this way. There's, there's two toolboxes and the, the one was just skills to improve relationships. And the other was skills to get rid of that didn't improve relationships. And I never had heard anything about that before. And I thought that the power of that in relationships and improving relationships, those things really, they don't show up in culture. Like, where do you take that class in school? How to relate better with people. But but yet it's it, it's super important. And I, I feel like that, that value thing, again, if we can free up energy and get away from that struggle, then we can, we can focus more on self-awareness and personal development. 
and, and so learning how to... So then the toolbox or the two toolboxes would deal with the ego then. Yes. Yeah. Uh, would be your ability to have a good conversation or meaningful conversations with other people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And, and I didn't, um, until I really looked at that, like in myself, some of those, I'll, I'll call them the negative behaviors, like uh, uh, judging, nagging, rewarding to control, criticizing, blaming, complaining, and punishment. I just wrote them down here. It's like those things were so in me by nature and and also modeled in society pretty much. But we, or myself, I can speak for myself, I used those tools, even though they were ineffective and didn't help me foster better relationships. I, I didn't, that's the tools I had to work with. And, and so I feel like a, a lot of times that just seems the case. There's also another author who w- works especially with with women in conflict and and uh, she basically has the same message that there's other tools we could use and she she actually has taken a lot of criticism because of that because she's she's just providing tools that people can use to better relationships well it seems like it's so foreign almost people are like well that's really weird i hadn't thought about it. not only had i not thought about that but you just you don't see it modeled so often and it's something to dig mm-hmm. into and examine wow how important is it to love ourselves you know we touched on that earlier you know that yes. that that takes self-care to the ultimate level because if we that can't is, love ourselves how do we love other people that's that's so true and, and i think people find this i have found this as i have loved myself more and got clarity around my value, then I could see and value other people and love them more. And it seemed like to love myself first, that, that was, uh, that had to come first. And and I feel like, so especially in a, in a situation where there's conflict, such as divorce, there's a lot of tension and anger and frustration and there's there's lack of love there's lack of of cohesiveness so what if somebody doesn't if somebody doesn't love me that's painful and it, it it's true but then and i'm i'm kind of asking this too but but that so there's the opportunity for the change when we can love ourselves i can love myself it sounds kind of strange but i can love myself and gain forward motion because of that i can love other people more like so it's just, almost just, like the goal. The goal is forward motion. You don't develop when you have static being. You want to be moving forward all the time, basically. Yes. So I'm kind of asking this too. Like an, another thing that I find so helpful for myself, and I just try to reach out to people about that, is that term tr- to be trauma informed. And, and I feel like that's something that can also help us with seeing our value, but connecting with other people. So and what it's is just so, yeah. so, so this, I, I'm kind of green on this actually, but that term trauma informed showed up about 10 years ago in the psychiatric arena and, and really brought some important change to that field and to people. So I read this book that was written by Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Bruce Perry, and the title of it was What Happened to You? And 
that message, what happened to you, is what changed everything. Because before, people were apt to ask, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Why are you doing that? But the, that's the wrong question. The right question, Oprah said this, the right question is what happened to you. And when, when you take like a deep dive in that subconscious level, the things that happened to us maybe in our youth or childhood that are mm-hmm. so responsible for our behavior right now. And I think a lot of people in conflict are in conflict and they don't know why. Like, like I think of myself as, as a younger person, I struggled with frustration and anger, just, just like it was, it was in me and I didn't know how to adjust it or change it or approach it or who to ask because I was, I felt like I had to, I was the one responsible for solving all this problem. Well, like we were talking about earlier, when I could get out of that, out of that box, so to speak, and reach out to other people for help, it made such a huge difference. And then I was able to, to communicate differently and, and just kind of be more self-aware of some of the thoughts and behaviors that I just used automatically just because they were in me by, by, by nature or I seen him modeled, you know, and, and that was so, so to answer the question about that trauma informed is just, it, it just really means to, to be informed and understand how trauma affects what we're doing right now today. And I, I find for myself, like when I, when I started to be aware of how trauma's imprint on my life and made me like, wow, do I really do that because of those things? It helped me to see people different too and to have a Almost greater like love. Moments. <laughs> yeah. 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 Where, where you could see, oh, well maybe that's why they're, that maybe that's why they're defensive or aggressive is, is something that's happened that they're completely unaware of. So we got a guy, uh, let's say over 40, just start or right in the middle of his divorce trauma journey. What are some of the points that, that you can point out to that person and say, Hey, look at this, look at that. What would you say to that person? If they came to you and said, Hey, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of a, of a crap storm and I need help. What's some of the things you could say? I would say uh, right off the bat that there is hope, whatever, wherever you're at and whatever that situation is, do not lose your focus on hope. And to, to be aware, self-aware and back to the value thing. Hey, let's sit down. I, I appreciate you. Uh, I love you. And, and this thing's going to get better and lean on people to help you. And let's sit down and have a conversation about where you see your value because it's, it's your 10 and don't lose focus on that. Wow. That is awesome. Let's talk about your book before we go. Um, let's inform your readers about your book and I'll have the link down the bottom of the podcast. And how about your book? Tell us how that came about and go from there. Okay. Well, that, that did come about because I, I just, there's something in me and as there is a lot of people that just want to help and do something for people because we see suffering. And that's, I, I was just inspired by really, like we mentioned, children and the idea of a person starting out in this world having tremendous value. And when does that change? It doesn't change. And the, the message, too, I, I hear from people that suffer trauma 
they're abused or, or they're just, they're having a, a tough go in life is that the common denominator I found was that people struggle with their value. They don't, the message has come to them through abuse or whatever, <laughs> that they're dirt. They're not worth anything. And, and my mission as, as yours is to, is to counter that. Hey, you, you have a right. It's okay for you to take up space on the planet and, and just helping people through that. So I, in the book, I just go through little stories and things that have been aha moments for me because I didn't know what else to do. And it's not, you know, I've said this, the book isn't, I'd probably do things a little bit different. It's not perfect, but I, I can't sit on the bench anymore and do nothing. Yep. And and that's how put I felt about coach, that. Put me in, coach. I'll throw interception, but put me in. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's been a lot of great conversations with the people because, you know, you talk about the weather and other things and lives and what's going on. But when, when you uh, – I, I was a little bit shy about talking to people about their value and just having a conversation. Hey, how are you feeling? But uh, it, it's opened up so much, and people think a lot deeper than we often give them credit for. And and I've just found to be, that to be really true. That was intense. That was a lot, man. You gave me a lot to think about myself. Oh, man. Well, hey. And I consider myself healed. <laughs> oh, I, I'm I right with you, man. Boxes, boxes, and thanks a lot. Uh, we got to get a bunch of boxes now. Thanks a lot, man. Well, hey, man, I love what you're doing because uh, I was kind of curious how you picked – picked out people over 40 because it seems like that's a time in life when you're when you're you know maybe you're frustrated but you're ready to become more of service and aware and and hey uh, you know hey this is it's steep and it's a struggle but i want to get through this and i don't know what to do and and when i come across people like you here's a resource we're right here man we're we got your back and i think that's so much what people need Usually people were 40, they have kids, they got the 401k. I mean, it's just a just a crap show. I mean, it's it, it just, I've heard horror stories. And, and my story, I got divorced 50 and it was horrible. And I just want to be there for those guys. And, and then Rachel's going to reach out to the women over 40 uh-huh. soon. So we're going to be uh, splitting, but still keeping our other podcasts. So we just want to help some people. And like I Good. said, if we can help one, then so be it. I've done my job. So well, that there you is go. awesome. That's so where it's at. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, we will have his uh, book linked down at the bottom, plus his website, too. He has a couple things going on, so we'll have it down at the bottom. But thanks for listening. Have a nice night. Bye-bye.